Hello, Spixers. I'm Christopher Schmidt. Today we're presenting a special episode, the roundtable session from the SVG Summit, hosted by Chris Coyer. It's a great recap of SVG Summit itself, as well as some special guests from the SVG community, too. Our sponsor is FluentConf. Put JavaScript, HTML5, CSS, and the latest web tools to work. The O'Reilly Fluent Conference happening March 7th through 10th in San Francisco encompasses every major and emerging web technology and tool on the web stack. Stay on top of the latest technologies, see how all the pieces fit together, and learn how to easily compare tools and frameworks so you can choose the best one for the job. Listeners, use code NBSP when you register and save 20% at floatingconf.com. Um, some show notes as to where I'll be. Uh, I'll be at the CSS DevConf in the uh, the Alamo area in San Antonio, Texas. That's right, we'll be one block away from the Alamo. Uh, you check out uh, get tickets right now at cssdevconf.com or follow uh, CSS DevConf at Twitter at CSS DevConf for more news about call for speakers and our featured and slash keynote speakers as well. I'll be hosting a virtual conference, the JavaScript Summit, on February 23rd to the 25th. It's three days of awesomeness. We talk about SVG, securing apps, React, Node, Web Components, and much more. Save 20% off when you use the code JavaScript, just the whole word JavaScript when you register. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Teleject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. And thank you for liking and subscribing to the non-breaking space show on iTunes. Uh, that way you get to know the latest episode when it comes available, or you can have it sent directly to your inbox by signing up for the newsletter at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Also, you'll be able to find uh, notes and links discussed in the show at nonbreakingspace.tv. Now on with the show. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It was, this is, it's fun. It's fun. It's weird to be last because I don't know that I know as much about SVG as all the rest of these SV geniuses. Eh? It's, it's good. It's getting late. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, my goal is to, uh, 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 my plan was to a, a answer questions, although it seems like you probably asked the questions that you wanted to ask for the most part from the speakers who are presenting things, but I'm happy to go off on tangents about uh, final questions and also to kind of wrap up the day. So as I was watching every single talk today, uh, uh, I was making slides. That was my plan. Like, I'm not going to make slides early. I'm going to make the slides as I go and like think of things where the presenters were saying them and uh, uh, and have additional thoughts or show additional demos or whatever and kind of remind us what everybody said and some of their cool highlight moments. So... Uh, let's do that, and then we'll get some other of the speakers on too, and they can and they can chat. I don't know how we should do this. Maybe I'll I'll breeze through my slides, and then we'll roundtable right at the end. How about that? That sounds pretty fun, huh? I'm gonna do the sharing thing too. I'm gonna share my screen, and I'm gonna share a particular browser window. That's a pretty cool feature that it has, so that you don't see my entire dirty desktop. Uh, and we'll do that. So I'm just looking at my screen and my window, and you if this is all working correctly, says SVG Summit in huge letters. I'm going to go with 
please. Ah, cool. So, yeah, we learned a lot about SVG today, covered covered it from top to bottom. We started with uh, Mr. Ryan Ireland from Majingo and stuff, an uh, SVG lover and user. Uh, he had a quote uh, from David Daly, I think he's involved with the W3C somehow, uh, in which part of that quote was, the learning curve will be pretty gentle. What do you think? Was the learning curve pretty gentle? I wonder how many people in here or like, I don't know anything about SVG. I'm going to come in and, and kind of get the spiel. I wonder what the what the learning curve is like. I think Ryan's point was that, you know, because it kind of looks like HTML, it looks pretty familiar with the attributes and stuff. I think it's I think that that was held true for me. I think when I first learned SVG, I'm like, this does feel pretty comfortable. Uh, yeah, as Ken says. It's gentle, but there's a lot to follow up on later. And that's certainly true. Uh, 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 look, speaking of gentle, look at this gentle giant. Look at that little buddy. That is worth watching. I think we should just linger and watch the husky for a little while. Uh, David David called. David, not going to try on the last name because I've never got the last name right in my entire life. Um, created this. He called it the CSS husky, but look at the squiggle vision. Remember like Dr. Katz or like home movies? Squiggles? The best. The best. How is that even possible? I have no idea. Um, I literally don't, but I was poking through it to, to figure out. And, and, and really, it's the, it's the SVG that makes, makes the Husky sing. And this isn't every line of code that does it. But I, I, I dug out what does the squiggle vision. And there's a things called filters in SVG, which I'm not sure how much anybody went into today. I don't remember anybody really digging into it, but... This one is a turbulence filter, which is like, pff, I can't teach you about it, but look, it does its thing. And then the uh, CSS can call declarative filters in CSS. Yeah. So in this case, there's a keyframe animation that is animating between different uh, filters. And they probably don't animate, you know, smoothly to each other. They just like go, uh, 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 uh. And I think there's enough keyframes here and they go fast enough that uh, it looks cool. So it's like taking a smooth shape, which these shapes were drawn with HTML elements, and then like messing it up a little bit with the filter. Oh my God, it's just my favorite demo ever of the week. Although in the world of CodePen, my favorite demo gets replaced almost daily. But look at that, oh my God, so cool. So just know that there's a bunch of filters that you can reach for in SVG. They're kind of the, like the OG filters, they're like, CSS has filters, but CSS filters are like lame compared to SVG filters. CSS was like, SVG's got filters. We should copy them in a really super simplistic way. And that's good because they're easy to use, but they're not nearly as fancy. But you can do things like, you know, make things sepia tone or grayscale or I don't know. There's a million, million, million of them. So just look into it. It's kind of like, it's cool. It's a cool part of the language, I think. And I, I this is particularly clever how it combos the filter with with keyframes of changing out that filter. Mega clever. Uh, as, uh, Ryan was talking about, there was a moment where he had some SVG text and he's like, convert it into outlines because then um, it'll just, you know, when once it's outlines, it's not text anymore. It looks like text, it reads like text, but it's not text anymore, right? It's just a shape. It's just like a rectangle, it's a rainbow, it's anything else. It looks like text, but it's not text. The beauty of that is that uh, it's going to work everywhere. It's going to work anywhere any other SVG shape is going to work. Uh, uh, but, you, but, you, but, but, you know, with the cost of the file size is a lot higher because there's a lot of vector points that get involved there. And I think as Mr. Gannon was saying that the performance is is much nicer 
uh, once you've converted it all to points, which is pretty lovely. But there's a, you know, you can save SVG with, with just straight up text. And I'm not sure if anybody was wicked clear about that, but like this, see this element right here? SVG has a literal text element. It stays text. It stays selectable, accessible, searchable, copy and pasteable text. And it's obviously then a lot smaller in the SVG syntax world. And you're free to use any of the fonts that are already available in the document. So this is like Montserrat or whatever, some Google font kind of situation. Uh, uh, and this will work. If I save this file out as SVG and that font is available in the document in which I use this SVG, it will be there and you can select it and stuff. So here's like a minor demo of that. Uh, here's like what could be something like a, a ad, a banner ad or something. And this is text, and you might look at this and be like, oh, that's probably um, a JPEG or something. But not only is it not a JPEG, it's not just even an SVG. It's an SVG in which this text is totally selectable. You can grab this text. I can copy and paste it, and it will uh, look good. Google will read it, all that beautiful stuff. So what I really like about it, and I can, I can prove it, too. If I turn the fonts off by screwing up the fonts here, it won't look right. Uh, so the fonts are depending on, in this case, some fonts I'm pulling in literally from Typekit to use on this, which is pretty cool. What I particularly like about this, even if it is SVG text and not the outlines of text, is that in the world of SVG, when you resize SVG, everything comes along for the ride. It, the aspect ratio of it stays exactly right. So as I size this thing up and down, this text is exactly how it should be which is important in the world of responsive design. You might, you might want to design something that can fit into an area that's 250 pixels wide or 300 pixels wide or 400 pixels wide or whatever uh, and have it basically look the same and have the text kind of have some integrity and stay the way it is. This is a hard thing to pull off in just CSS. You could do it with like tons of individual media queries and I think you can kind of do it with, uh, you know, like VW units or whatever, which are sized based on the size of the browser window. But there's again, they're based on the size of the browser window, not the size of the container that they're in. So, you know, text like this, if you really need to make it kind of fit and just work in a small area, uh, using XVG text is wonderful. Wonderful for responsive design, wonderful for ba banner design, that kind of thing. That's just what I was thinking of when uh, we talked about SVG text a little bit. Pretty cool. Uh, next slide, go. Uh, you could think of that as a, uh, uh, I like the word text lockup. Uh, the word lockup comes, I think from, from, and I just got to take a class on this recently letterpress design. So I got to like go to this class and, uh, 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 uh take letters, wood type letters, and arrange them just so, and then you get it just right, and you put what's called furniture in between all the spaces so that uh, it's got some integrity, and then you smash it all together with like uh, clamps, and then and then you apply ink to it once it's all clamped together, and then you send it through a press and pull paper over the cross of it. The word lockup comes from that, because like that text ain't going anywhere. In like C HTML and CSS, when we set type, we set it like, eh, be like three rem or whatever. But like, it's you know, if it if the edge of the screen comes along, it'll wrap or it'll bust out of its container or it'll hyphenate or whatever. Like, it doesn't have integrity like this does. That's good normally, but if you have a design like this design that we're looking at, you want that to be just so. You don't want no wrapping going on. If you're going to do anything else, you might like write a media query that shifts some things around, but you you don't want text to wrap in this case. So I think SVG is wonderful for that 
text lockup kind of kind of kind of situation. So that's what I was thinking. Of. So you click outside of it, huh? And then the keys work. Yeah, there you go. So we heard from Brenda Storer, one of the one of the lines she said early on in her talks, I don't create fancy magical illustrations. And I was like, I don't either. High five. We are similar in that regard. We use SVG, know some stuff. Brenda knows lots about SVG and it's uh, uh, and the syntax and the output and stuff, but we're not, you know, I don't have those mad illustration skills that some of the people have today. Uh, we are looking at uh, some of the syntax of SVG, though, which is fun to look at. And remember, Viewbox, uh, Brenda talked about a bunch of, I think Ryan mentioned the Viewbox, too. The Viewbox is like, you know, we were talking about, oh, it's kind of nice when it starts at zero, zero, because the Viewbox is the coordinate system and the aspect ratio of SVG. So imagine a grid, the top left of it, zero, zero, and then it says like 200, 200. It's 200 wide, which are just arbitrary units. They're not pixels. They're just like the units of SVG because, you know, everything's totally scalable or whatever. Uh, but it can be, it could be anything else. Let's say you were making like a mathematical grid or something. You could start it at negative 100, negative 100, 100, 100, and it would still be 200 by 200 units, but like zero, zero would be dead center in the middle of it. Kind of interesting. I should say, though, that like I never, like I was saying here, maybe I didn't say it, like I hardly ever think about the view box. I download SVG, I save it, I use it. You know, I like it when it's nice and starts at zero and zero and stuff, but the days that go by that I don't look at view box are, are many in a row. <laughs> it's just not something I think about all that much. One way to think about it, though, really cool, what I put in gray letters there, you can use it like a camera. Think of the view box and any given illustration as the chunk that you can see at the given moment. This is so cool. This is a demo from the other day. There's a, the whole graphic. If you change the view box, you can think of it as like, this is the part that I'm allowing to be seen right now. So th what's happening here is the view box is literally being animated, just like you can animate width or height or the position or a color or anything. You gotta, you can, you can animate the view box attribute itself. I don't think the view box can be animated in CSS. You don't, you don't have control over that in CSS. I don't even know if you have control over that in Smile or whatever SMIL, which we'll get into a little bit later. What does have access to it because of its all-powerful nature on planet Earth is JavaScript. So I think we can look at it here. I'm, I think I ripped it out actually, so we can see it a little bigger once I click outside. Very outside apparently. Uh, this is using Greensock. Greensock was brought up a hundred times today. That's kind of how, how awesome it is. This isn't just a little part of the of the JavaScript that I pulled out just for to highlight. This is it. This is all of the JavaScript of this entire pen. We're creating a timeline, and then it says animate to the view box and this value and this many seconds, and then you know this many seconds, uh, or maybe it's not seconds. I don't even know how it works. I think that is the duration in Greensock though. Uh, 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 Amelia is saying smile would work. So we'll see. I, I'm sure she's right because she's a fountain of knowledge of SVG and knows everything. So I don't know how it works though, but this is very appealing to me. <laughs> Look at how little code it is. You first, you figure out what view looks good. Then you just animate to that value, right? That's all there is to it. Here's the proof. <laughs> Pretty cool. So it's been used a lot. I think we're kind of working on an article on CSS tricks about it. So stay tuned. There's a little bit more information. I've seen some really cool charting done with this and decision making and stuff with this. I have another idea for it that I'll show you a little later in this thing. 
Um, even if it does work in Smile, yeah, Green Sock is, is kind of the way to go with this. So pretty rad. Animating the view box. Yeah, I, I mostly think of the view box, or if you're just kind of a designer type like me or whatever, just putzing around, I think of the view box as basically the white chunk in Illustrator or Sketch. So, the, you know, if there's gray on the outside, this is just eight different Illustrator documents open up. That white space is the, is the, is the uh, you know, it's called the artboard in Illustrator, but it's really the view box. It manifests itself as the view box. It is the aspect ratio that you're working with. I brought these up, and this reminds me of some stuff from Clark's talk, too, obviously, because he talked about this. But, uh, but look at the difference between these two graphics. I'm going to go back and forth between. There's this one and this one. But look, look at the, the lightning bolt. The lightning bolt here has some space around it. It's a square. The lightning bolt here is all cropped to all the sides. I think this is one of the like decisions that comes up a lot in meetings and stuff with companies about how they're going to handle it. Everybody's got icons on their site whatever you know even if you're using icon fonts this thing might come up a little bit it's like how do you design the icon such that it's going to work the best for you and i think this is really common is use a square and if you use a square then you can kind of relatively size them to each other make sure they look good and stuff but look at that lightning bolt there's just an arbitrary amount of space around that lightning bolt if you said to me chris line that lightning bolt up on the right that's lined up exactly with something else like the edge of a container I'd be like, okay, but I got to do like position relative negative, you know, or right negative 3.2 pixels. It's the worst. It's the worst. And so sometimes you just never need that in your app. If you're an app that you always have some padding around your icons or whatever, fine. But so, if sometimes you do, you know, I find myself needing that a lot. So I end up going with the like, all my icons have an arbitrary view box, and the arbitrary view box is crops on all four sides. So I can line this thing up any way I need to. The downsides for that is that then the sizing of them is on you, and that you need to kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, figure out how to get them sized correctly. You might have to then be like, ooh, this one's way small compared to the other one. or whatever. But this is just two different kind of view box alternatives at least when you're talking about multiple SVG files. Okay. Uh, 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 we also, Brenda also looked at the, the export, like, like the value from what you get out of Sketch and all the weird namespaces and stuff. I learned a bunch about namespaces. I thought that was fas fascinating how you can use any value for a namespace if you're like a company and you're making your own namespace or whatever, but you use a URL for it because of ownership. That's fascinating. And that, uh, uh, what else did we learn about them? That the chances are like you might version it in there. So like if you make some new version of your software, you might use that value because you've changed features and stuff. Fascinating. Mostly I look at that stuff as just SVG garbage that has to get out of my freaking SVG files. And Illustrator has stepped up a little bit in the very latest drop of Illustrator. If you go file export and then choose SVG, instead of getting the much larger SVG output thing, which you still get if you save as, which is fine, you get this and the output from the SVG file is a lot better. At least it's a lot better to be used immediately on the web, right? It strips all the junk away from it. There's no XML namespace, blah, 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 garbage. It's pretty good. It looks like that. There's still a little bit of weirdness in there with like, I don't know why you decided I needed a data attribute in my SVG or whatever. But for the most part, it's looking pretty good. Although uh, a bunch of you uh, talked about optimizing SVG. Still, if you take this and run it through 
uh, SVGO, and in this case, this is the SVGO typo uh, GUI. I still profited, which is an awesome word, uh, 15% from from optimizing it. So it's still kind of like it's not perfect. They didn't use this awesome open source tool for some reason. Uh, but still, so it's kind of like still optimize your stuff, even though Illustrator got better. I, I think of this in the same way. I have SVGO GUI in my doc because it, it's built for drag and drop. So if there's an SVG file and you're about to use it because you're just using it quick in a blog post or something, I just drag it on there quick to make sure that it's optimized. You know, uh, why not? Yeah. Just in the same way that if I have a PNG file or something and I'm about to use it in a blog post, I just religiously grab it, drop it on image optim, make sure it's good to go before I upload it to something else. It's just a nice habit to be in. You can do it in SVG. You can do it for JPEGs, pings, and GIFs as well through software. Sarah Drasner talked, another superhero of SVG design. I grabbed a quote from somewhere. Uh, easing can completely change the way an animation feels. Isn't that true? I love talking about animation of any kind, but it clearly applies to SVG as well, is that that like it's a feeling, and it's very easy to explain to somebody. When you show them like a circle moving across the screen with linear CSS easing, and it's like... It's it's just dumb and it's it's not dumb it's it has its place or whatever but you can tell and then you have one that goes woo across and you're like clearly that's that's nice right but it's it's not just one is better than the other one of them is like works for the feel of a particular company better or you know like what if it's like a little snappy and bouncy maybe that works good for Slack because Slack is like responsive and fast and happy and stuff maybe one will be really slow maybe there's like a medical marijuana company and they have like real slow easing because like why not you know I don't know so so here's like some bouncy stuff here's some uh, some SVG shapes that are being morphed in between each other that has uh, some shape morphing going on, but it, they're they're bouncy, right? It's got some it's got some bounce easing to it, and it just has a certain feel to it. It just looks good. It's like boop, boop. It looks good. It looks good. And I I guarantee there's some science behind it. Like I can't quote anything, but it's like that kind of thing. Like if you have some web app and there's a list of stuff, and you're about to add something to that list of stuff, it's way nicer if it like moves them down a little bit and another one slides in when you see that happen you're like i get what happened there's a new list item whereas the alternative is just to be like oh it's there all of a sudden and then you're like whoa did something move what happened you know it's the same kind of thing there's some like cognitive understanding that happens when you use animations and morphing and easing and that kind of thing that's cool this is uh green socks thingy i think it is anyway yeah it's using green sock and it's using the morph svg plugin and the relevant code to it is this morph this circle to a square <laughs> use some easing that's how easy it is or how easy it can be in something like green sock i think that's so awesome uh yeah Oh, there's some Rachel Smith stuff. Look at these bouncies. Mm, that's mostly what I wanted to do in my talk, is just be like, mm, mm, just hum to myself. I have a little talk on SVG morphing. We'll see if we get to it. It's literally this other tab right now, but I don't know that we're going to have time, especially if we do the little roundtable thing. Uh, Clark talked to us about Sketch. That's a direct quote from Clark. <laughs> 
that was amazing, wasn't it? Here's my favorite thing to do in Sketch. Open the Noun Project app, which is awesome. Search for something. Drag it over. Do you know how that, that's how easy getting icons can be? I didn't until I did it for the first time. It's drag and drop. You don't even have to go to the noun. You don't have to be troubled to go to the Noun Project and sign in and download the stuff and then open it in a thing and import it into Sketch. You go, boop, done. It's awesome. And it comes in all the parts and it comes named well sometimes if they did a good job or whatever. Uh, I think that's pretty nice. It works in Illustrator uh, and it works in Sketch and it's awesome. I actually was thinking about emailing them because I don't really understand how attribution works because sometimes you need that and it's like, I didn't even download it. I don't think anybody even knows I have this icon. Anyway, it's pretty cool. Uh, this is, and I just was thinking of it because Clark was talking about Sketch, and you know, not everybody knows this cool little feature. Combo of two excellent features. Um, Clark was talking about the folder full of SVGs situation. I think a lot of people work with a folder full of SVGs. I know I do. I wish I had more time to talk about the SVG icon system situation, but I thought that was so cool how. He had Sketch open, and you have all these little artboards, and all the icons are its own little artboard. You can save them all at once, and you can change all their color all at once, or you can make them white on black all at once and stuff. That's pretty sweet. I looked at these, though, and I was like, oh, my God, there's just these tiny little gaps of <laughs> space, and they're all different amounts of space around each one. I'm like, I hope that works well for them. Is that what drive me nuts? Okay. Uh, I literally use SVG icons on every single site because I think it's awesome. We didn't talk a lot about the use element, but the use element in SVG is great. You like have all these, maybe you have this, right? And you export it into one big chunk of SVG and all of those shapes have individual IDs on them because you've given them IDs because you're a smart and good developer. Then you, you put it on the page and you just hide it. You just be like, it's on the page, but it's hidden. And you can Ajax for it. You can just drop it in your template. You can do whatever you want. But you have this big chunk of SVGs, and you hide it. And then anywhere else in your app, you can just be like, SVG, use, and then reference the ID of that icon, and it will just go grab it and like kind of clone it. It clones it into a, into a shadow DOM in there, and it'll draw that icon there, which is great. Imagine that, you know, maybe if you've been to CodePen, a lot of people mentioned it today, there's um, like grids of pens of stuff that people have made. And uh, yeah. And, and like, how many times is this little eye, eye icon on the page? Like at least six, you know, sometimes 12. And it doesn't have to repeat this code. It just clones, 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 clones. So, yeah, it is a clone. Uh, uh, Frederick, I don't know if I pronounced that right, says that the clones are identical. It's true that they're identical to some degree. I can say this where I have this uh, class icon I, I could say icon I uh, fill red and it will cascade even through the shadow dom and make this one red and I could make this one green and I could make this one blue I can yeah I'm, I promise you man you can it's a thing you can do it I do it all the time um, there are limitations to it depend you know like if you had inline SC uh, 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 like if there's fill attributes on this it will override it but if there's inline styles on it you can't if there's a fill attribute on this path, it won't let you because it really relies on there being like kind of nothing on it to get the cascade thing going down. Uh, anyway, that's how icon systems work in the tiniest little thing ever. Uh, little mini demo. We heard from 
Mr. Chris Gannon, one of the things he brought up was was cl- clipping paths and masks. I've I learned that the performance on, on on paths is better than masks. I guess that 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 makes sense. There's probably some things that you can do uh, with one and not the other. And I thought that that's uh, <laughs> too bad, Mr. Chris. Um, there's a difference, and I think people think of them as the same, and they're not. Um, they're not really the same. And I think it might you might as well know the difference because it's a cool thing to know. Impress your friends kind of situation. Uh, masks are images. Yaxel on, on, on CodePen made this awesome demo that just the other day, I think, that drove home this point really well. Picture plus mask equals that. And the middle thing is an image. It's literally an image. And it can have grays in it, whereas completely black hides it, whereas little bit gray it a little bit hides it and where it's white it shows through so it could be anything it could be a friggin gif look at that you can make a mask a gif mind-blowing and this is yeah that's cool she's got lots of awesome demos like this um that's pretty appealing that's pretty appealing uh, and this is a, a website that's for CSS clip path, but it's it works the same way in SVG. You can a clipping path is this: you're in or you're out. It's a it's a path. You're either on the outside of it or on your inside of it. There's no gradients, you know. There's none of that stuff. You just define a path, and you're either inside of it or you're outside of it, and that's it. So these can be like animated, you know. You could like animate this shape to a different shape. Uh, and that would work on a clipping path too. So that's a thing that you can do. Where I don't think you can animate a GIF. You know that feels weird to say, but you know what I mean. Very good. That's a super useful app. Clippy. Check out Clippy. Uh, here's some SVG clip paths that are animated. This was just. This is one of those Noel Dago demos that just came out the other day. What? So like as you go in, it animates the size of it, but also where. So it's like, ooh, ooh. So good. And then it tracks your mouse as it goes along with it. You can see it's so fun to watch people's like evolution of stuff because Noel did that that pen as well that Chris showed that where you it was like hovering over that rock star and it was showing his bones and stuff. So th- that was clearly where Noel was learning about how clip path works. And then he's like, oh, I get clip path. And it was following the mouse. Let me reuse some of those components, start animating it, start hiding and showing it, you know, really clever stuff. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I like this. I, I opened this up and I was like, you know, I would, if you saw this like, you know, five years ago or whatever, be like, you can't do that on the web. You can't do that with CSS. You can't move things on a path like that. You just can't. You always could an SVG because it is kind of one of the classic SVG demos, right? Like move, move things on a path. Uh, let me rerun it so you can see it. If you missed it, the little plane goes over. It's kind of like Indiana Jonesy, you know, but it's got a it's got a cool shadow as to to which which I like. But imagine if you like couple this. I should almost leave a comment on this pen. Like zoom in to the plane and do some view box animation, like a fork of this pen with some view box animation where it, like it would start zoomed in, it would zoom out, and then it would zoom back into Washington, D.C. Somebody should totally do that. That would be cool. This is how that kind of thing works. In this case, there was there's a path, and the path isn't used for any, well, it's used for a number of different things, but it, it's not only like the line that is drawn, but it ends up being used for the uh, 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 the M path to the motion path for this animation. So this is saying this this entire thing is an image of a plane, which this is a this is an interesting moment where the plane, which looks completely like it should be SVG, is actually a PNG in this case. You can use raster images within SVG. 
has this animate motion element inside of it. It's nested inside of it, which means it automatically applies to the thing it's nested inside of. Uh, and it has a duration and, that, and this type of thing. And then it says, use, use this path as the, as the motion to, to go against. And, and then that's what we get. That's the kind of the thing we can do. It feels weird talking about this kind of thing because this is so fun and so like easy to, uh, easy to reason about and understand. And it's like going away. I think if we actually open this, the console with this open in Chrome, Chrome and the console will say, smile is being deprecated. Please know this and, I don't know, <laughs> cry? <laughs> and anyway, Chrome has committed to the removal of this working anymore. Uh, I think they're citing that it's a huge chunk of the code base that they want to delete, which makes sense, and that the most of it, especially the things that are actually used based on their metrics on the web, are replicatable in other ways. So as we look at this, which is really fun and done with um, smile, as they say, uh, there's a new CSS spec called Motion Path. I think it's called Motion Path. Uh, and it's going to be able to do the same kind of thing. You're going to give it the same kind of SVG coordinate data, and it's going to be able to do this in CSS too. You've got to think that it was Chrome like, okay, if we're going to take this away from them, we might as well uh, put a little effort into some of the things that can replace it. In fact, they say in the, in the, in the console, you know, use web animations or something. They, they suggest something else instead. Anyway, so, you know, don't think about this too hard. But, uh, of course, the fact is, if you want to just use Greensock or whatever, then it's just going to work everywhere anyway and be just as easy. So uh, no sads, no sads. Um, charting is pretty great for SVG. This is just, I put this one in here because it's just the world plus demo. Let's say you got to make a line demo. What is this shape in SVG? You might think polygon. It's very similar to a polygon, but it's actually a polyline. A polyline, it takes the same kind of syntax as polygon, but it doesn't require the shape to be closed. So it's a, it's a line that takes an arbitrary number of points and just draws a line, uh, uh, sharp lines between them. So this polyline is just like draw from this point to this point to this point to this point. I know that's probably a little bit small, but that's easy. You could easily imagine like some database spitting out numbers at you in this format and you taking it and dropping it in this syntax and letting the computer draw it for you. Like it's just, I feel like that's the, that's what the empowering, beautiful thing about SVG is you can look at the syntax and be like, oh, I could imagine programming around these numbers. I can imagine JavaScript manipulating these numbers. I can imagine CSS influencing this stuff. You know, that's kind of the fun and empowering part about SVG, I think. Or you could go bat poop crazy with your charts and have every feature ever on them. <laughs> Uh, this is a, a library called AM charts, which I think is actually kind of awesome. I just picked like the craziest demo on purpose. I think they're well aware of the craziness of this demo, but you know, I, I think it's empowering to make your own charts. I also think if you have lots of charts, um, it makes sense to have like a JavaScript API for your charts. Be like, oh, I have this data. I'm going to use these APIs to help me out building, building a chart. And that's exactly what AM charts is. It's pretty, it's pretty darn nice, really. Uh, and this is a demo saying that not only can you draw this crazy chart, but you can also influence the chart with CSS. So some of the animations that are happening in here are um, keyframe animations and clipping masks and, and, and stuff like that. So AM Charts is a pretty good library that's all JavaScript, but it draws an SVG. So if we like inspect on what's going on here, is that even going to work? Because it's like an iframe and an iframe situation. 
you can kind of see that these are paths and squad elements and stuff. Cool. Um, I'm going to click away from this stuff. Uh, certainly can be used. I'm attracted to that concept. Beautiful things. Show me beautiful random things. Not just because I look at code pen things all day, but I just love this. I could just grow these plants mm, forever. That's a use case. That is a use case for SVG. Uh, how about making a game? Is anybody way into gaming? Beautiful aesthetic for games. You could program it in JavaScript, have things jump around. If I was making a game, I would reach for SVG in a minute. I'd probably even steal this game board because it's amazing. Uh, I wanted to say, let's do a little roundtable towards the end here, but there's so many people that are awesome at SVG. I intended to make slides for them. Amelia is here. She really is a fountain of knowledge of, of SVG, so listen to her. But there's people on, on CodePen that do amazing things, that talk and write about it. Of course, Sarah Swaydan was, was mentioned a bunch of times. They does all kinds of great writing about SVG. So many awesome people. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks to them and their writing. Thanks to Christopher and Ari and the Environments for Humans people and stuff. I made a CodePen collection of not only the stuff in here, but way more cool SVG stuff. I guess I could drop that in chat. That's one of my favorite collections. Uh, we have a good one from uh, Matt James who said, on using the object tag. I was convinced. I, I, you know, I, I had a. Uh, I was kind of anti-object tag for a, for a hot minute there, and I'm not even sure why exactly. And then I listened to a Sarah Swaydan talk where she made a very compelling use case for it. Really, it's kind of like it's kind of like using SVG in an image tag, like IMG source equals SVG. Only it it retains more of the like interactive features. It's kind of like using SVG in a in a in a in an iframe because it's like it's just like a full document, like all the JavaScript will run in it. Whereas if you use like image source equals SVG, ain't no script's going to run in that, you know? Anyway, do you, does any of you ever, is that ever how you reach for using SVG is with the object tag or no? I have done, yeah. I have done, pro I have done projects um, embedded where a client required it to be embedded in an object tag. So I had to work out how to, in fact, I had a big chat with, um, with uh, Amelia about, why what I was doing wasn't working, and she helped me out naturally because she knew everything um, uh, about sort of going up and down, up you know, into the object, and uh, and using different syntax for um, you know, Explorer was having a different uh, syntax and needed syntax. It was like content paths and all this sort of stuff. But once you sort of get up and down into it, the object, then you can yeah, as long as you know, you can go into an um, object. It's not like an iframe. Um, you're allowed to reach into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can just you can just uh, work out where that object is in the page. Um, you know, get uh, document, get elements by tag, object, and then you can you can also have um, properties in there, parameters and stuff like that. And you can uh, you know you can set them to be different things. And so when it's instantiated, you can instantiate that object to have the, the properties of that object if you want, or you can talk directly to it in, uh, you know, in real time. I get it. But you can't like, re I don't know, like JavaScript outside the object can't affect literally the DOM inside the object. I doubt it. Uh, but but like, let's say you're going to use yeah. uh, SVG like yeah, yeah, yeah. In, a, in a blog post or something, you know, you're going to like put it, you've made a chart of some SVG and you're going to put it in a blog post. Object would be a pretty good use case for that, right? Because then it could have scripting and it could have interactivity and you could click stuff and it would have a fallback, right? So if it was in a 
into some browser that didn't support SVG, all you do within the object tag is say, oh, this failed for whatever reason, and you can have a nice user experience for the fallback. Right? I didn't even think about the fallback thing, but yeah, I mean, that's perfect, isn't it? I just assume it's going to work. I never put fallbacks in. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> the danger is that the the thing that does the stripping is worse. Like if you tried to put an object tag in Medium or something, it'd probably just rip it out. Or if, if it's going through your WordPress RSS feed, there are, the, maybe it'll make it through, maybe it won't, but maybe the, the feed reader that you read the RSS feed in, that's not going to allow an object tag in there probably. And it probably won't strip it out such that it leaves the middle. It'll probably just strip the whole thing, which is a bummer. So maybe doing your own fallback is a decent idea. For everybody watching, you haven't seen me before, but I think you've heard my name a couple times now. Uh, Amelia Bellamy Royds. Uh, I write books about SVG, and I work on the SVG working group and the SVG accessibility working group, and uh, that's been keeping me busy the past year or so. So, what about what about the web animation API? I think I see a link there to it. Is it? Can it truly replicate most of what Smile can or not or what? The web animation API was specifically designed to replicate everything that's in Smile and everything that's in CSS animations um, and also have a JavaScript interface uh, to them so that you could do stuff like timelines. Um, as far as What's actually implemented yet? I don't know. Um, I I see. So there's discussions happen that are like, this is what this technology should do, and then bits and pieces of it get implemented at different times by different browsers in different ways. Hopefully not different ways, but sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's there are partial implementations and there are polyfills out there, but the main. Uh, Things that SMIL can do that CSS animations can't do are that it can animate attributes like Viewbox. We've already talked about that. And it can do uh, chaining and event-triggered animations. So you can chain, trigger one animation that'll start after another animation, which will start after you click on that and do those sort of chaining. And those sort of chainings are pretty standard in all the JavaScript animation libraries anyways. So uh, it'll probably be actually a lot easier to do with web animation API than it is with uh, the SMIL XML syntax can get uh, rather messy when you start doing these uh, mixing, chaining, and interaction and stuff. It's easy to mess things up. So uh, mm -hmm. the web animation API will do that. And so there's so some sort of, of it can... the gaps that you can't do just in CSS. I also like the fact that they didn't abandon SVG entirely. Like, like you use SVG paths for doing motion on paths in in the web animation API. So it's still got that inheritance and uses it where it makes sense, which is cool. Well, that's actually the SVG path notation. I mean, Brenda talked about it a bit, but. It is worth getting to know because that syntax is getting used everywhere. It's getting used now in Canvas, so you'll be able to, I don't know if people know Canvas, but the basic Canvas was you had to 
draw a path one step at a time with separate uh, function calls for each section, and now you're able in most of the latest browsers to just throw an SVG path string. The CSS motion path uh, is, uses that same path syntax, and it's also going to be adopted so you can use in things like the CSS clip path property and CSS shapes. And so that syntax is going to be showing up everywhere. And so That's good. I'm not saying you have to learn to be able to draw uh, complex shapes by writing the letters and numbers, but you should be able to recognize it and not be terrified of it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Is it 100% identical copy and paste stuff? Yeah, the... It's the same stuff you'd have inside the D attribute of your path. Uh, oh, so readable attribute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I once met I somebody that said that they could look at it and, and they could tell what it was drawing. <laughs> yeah. Shepherds makes that claim. Uh, um, I think he's exaggerating. It's like the Matrix. Yeah, it was Doug like Shepherds. <laughs> You probably need to get out more if you can read if you can read that. <laughs> Visualize a D D attribute. Go on, outside. Get some fresh air. <laughs> so who gets to use SVG like like at work? Like I don't, I don't, I'm sure. Do you do you get to Sarah? Like like literally, you yep. work at Trulia. You're probably sitting at Trulia right now. Is I there am. Some, to what level do they use it? Uh, actually, we're just starting to. That was part of what the presentation was, was showing people what SVG could do um, to kind of get them on board. We just got, like, all of, I, like, just got the go-ahead to make this nice motion design language that has morphing and stuff. So that's something coming up in Trulia. Well, is that going to be, like, a bespoke language, or are you going to base that on on what JavaScript well, is? Um, it's just going to be like brand tenants for the way that motion works across all of our um, uh, assets. And then also um, I'm in charge of this, the design for this, uh, what we call the PDP, so like the property pages. So um, incorporating animation into things like our lead form, like a lot of the stuff I was talking about. That's, a, that's an interesting idea, Sarah. I've, I've often, and there's been a lot of discussion about onboarding companies and making them recognize things like motion design and, and motion principles as a good thing, but no one really talks about um, th convincing them to use SVG, but that's, that's interesting. Yeah, about I think um, actually the small file size is a really, like that's something that sells a lot of people, like, uh, you know, showing a demo like that responsive one sprite that I showed earlier, that's only eight kilobytes. Gzip is like, yeah, we use images that are like, you know, 200 kilobytes for that size. It's a really big, compelling thing. So, well, and also, so, yeah, you know, resolution independence as well and, um, you know, portability. Um, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think when you, when you have clients that are willing to um, strip back the way their, uh, their, their, their sort of visual representation is, you know, they're, they're, it was very bitmap heavy in the sort of 90s and 2000s. And I think um, visual uh, representation and branding has become a lot more stripped back nowadays. Um, people want, want less. Right. And I think um, SVG is sort of stepping forward to fill that kind of uh, uh, that need. You know, people don't want sort of um, this you know, sort of 
bevels and shadows and and although SVG can do that, um, you know they and I think SVG is far more suitable now for uh, for uh, uh, for a lot more people. I think a lot of the problem is convincing them that um, a it exists because a lot of people don't never heard of SVG and they don't know what it is. Uh, and also, um, you know, is it safe? Is it useful? Is it supported? You know, a lot of the conversations I have at the moment are really ground ground zero kind of conversations about kind of what it is and and why it's useful to them. And uh, um, yeah, I think you know. it still has that bad rep of having bad support. So I do have to pull up the can I use table a lot. Um, can I use? And yeah. Then <laughs> It, I mean, it, it actually really helps that conversation just be like, ta-da, look at all the green. Um, and, uh, of course, it helps to have the demos. I think, Chris, you do a lot of work that um, makes people interested in CSS. Like, you see the code drop demos, and people are like, I want a loader like that. And, you know, um, so I think actually getting those really good demos popularized is a big thing. Um, and, you know, Pretty much everybody on this panel does a really good job of teaching people about how to use them. So that helps. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone on this panel is is very kind of coming at it from slightly different angles. It's quite a nice sort of, you know, everyone has a different view and a different sort of way of working with it. And I, I think that's one of the sort of attractive things about um, SVG is that, you know, you can actually um uh approach it from wh whatever background you're from you can there is a there is a way into it um for you whether it's a pure developer chris was um was was alluding to you know if you're a developer or a designer or an illustrator or uh you know there's 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 a way in um and i think that's yeah, and there's uh, just so much there i mean amelia does a million things with us like you're like oh colors and gradients what's this it's like a you know, tome and it's just all, you know, filters and then this and like stuff that like even people who don't, who use SVG a lot might not know about. Um, it's just really big, like stuff that Chris was showing today about SVG as a camera was stuff that wasn't even on my radar. I was working with SVG for literally a year and wasn't even on my radar for any of that time. So. No, that's, that's a really interesting point by this. There hasn't been, to my knowledge at least, there hasn't been a SVG equivalent to CSS Zen Garden or something like that, something that, that totally changes people's minds and changes their consideration yet, I don't think. It's funny how tr think, the trends are powerful. They don't just, it's not just like, this is cool, but if you drive up some desire for some particular effect, it becomes trendy. Then it like it changes people's minds. They get used to it. It grows from there because now they they had their first baby step into into this thing, and then it, it you know then it it can it can grow from there to influencing what browsers work on. Because they're like, wow, lots of people are into this right now. Lots of people are voting on it and talking about it and stuff. Yeah, kind of it can start from a a, a Wii demo. And, and change mm. the world. I think you and Sarah Soydan and Dudley, like, actually, like, yeah, again, everybody on the panel, um, Amelia, too, uh, having more materials that are educational that people have written about it is actually really helpful, too, because it gives people insight. Like, I think until Sarah started po posting a lot of these articles and Amelia was posting articles about the view box, people didn't know how to really grok all the information that was in there. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's removing the terror from it. It's it's getting people comfortable enough with it. That's just a long process. 
it's just frustrating because you know again SVG's been around for forever and it's re-educating people it's frustrating sometimes I think it's more introduction rather than re-educating well yes been around there, like sitting on the sidelines and no one's really yeah, yeah it's reintroducing that 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 this has been around for a really long time it's just that people for whatever helping, reason helping them notice around. like hey yeah many things have to happen at once there has to be the basic, okay, yes, you can actually use it. It's just not theoretical. There has to be cool demos coming out, like Sarah does, where Chris does, where people can look at crazy things and say, I want to do that. And then there's the uh, more pragmatic uh, education efforts, uh, like uh, I've done some posts, Dudley, he's done some posts, okay, what is that view box and how do you break it down so you can actually use it to do something crazy cool? And also the tool sets, of course, which are improving as they go. Yeah, yeah to get over the humps, like Greensaw made a, a point of finding the bugs that drive people nuts and giving them a library that makes it easy. Um, there were a couple at, questions. I was just the, looking at one. Uh, are any of you worried about the battery draw that SVG takes? I really am. You know, it is. It is uh, especially some some of the stuff that I'm I'm trying to do with. Um, um, a lot of my animations are getting more and more complex, um, and I try and keep them simple. But you know, um, especially when you're using particle systems, that we were, we were talking about um, when 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 Dudley's technical hitch. <laughs> uh, we were talking about particles and, uh, and um, you know, people, you know, you were talking about th things that, you know, that sell a technology to, to, um, to the sort of the people, the people that, uh, um, that, that press the, press the button on, 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 uh, on new technologies in, in companies and saying, yes, well, we'll take SBG on. They love particles. You know, if you want to, if you if you want to, if you want to sort of wow someone, just put a load of particles in there, and then oh yeah, brilliant particle. Um, but the problem is, you know, when they're looking at it, their laptop is starting to burn their leg um, because it's uh, you know it's really um, uh, you know it's it's really sort of um, overtaxing the the machine it's on. So yeah, I would say that. Um, uh, there's a battery draw. There's a CPU heat up problem. There's you know all sorts of stuff. It, it, no matter how um, careful you are, you can't seem to avoid that because it is pure CPU grunt. It's not GPU kind of uh, um, silkiness. And that's um, one thing that uh, has come up because some of these cases there could theoretically be GPO acceleration and it's just the browsers have not invested in figuring out how GPU acceleration works with SVG the way they have with uh, HTML and CSS animations and you know offloading to the GPO as well as often as possible so that's partly uh, sort of chicken and the egg of trying to get the examples out there on the web so that people are complaining that their browser is slow and the browsers get the pressure to make it better. 
Oh, hey, look, I, I can create loads of animations that won't run. <laughs> they just leave that to me. I just, I, I, I knock them out every day. I just don't show them to anyone because it's, like, oh, yeah, hang on. Send that to your, send that to the W3C or whatever, or the S, whatever, the yeah, I mean, SVG working group. I guess I like, I make demos and sometimes I'm really actually kind of pleasantly surprised by how well they perform when it's, when you really pay attention to the design. But there are certainly times when like, I find like the coolest thing, like a little while ago I was experimenting with uh, filters and made these like comic book blasts and stuff with the, these filters. And I was just so sad. It just took so long for it to render. And then if you tried to move it, it fell apart um but i guess yeah, like yeah. the positive side of that is it doesn't happen that often to me where i'm like uh I, I much more often i'm really like like happy like especially i i mean i you know i sound like a broken record but working with greensock was kind of a game changer for me for support like seeing my stuff on mobile look a lot better and not be all moving on in some discordant way or something like that um, so, yeah, I, I would say that it's a it's a concern, but um, it's not as it's not so bad. It's like uh, there's about Raphael. I think that's old, isn't it? Uh, I mean, not not that anything old is bad, but I think it's kind of discontinued in favor of Snap SVG, which I don't hear anybody talk today. But it's kind of <laughs> like, old is about like the, the jQuery of. Uh, uh, of yeah, I don't know about the Draw Two D Lib, which uh, poor Ralph. Mentioned, but Raphael basically came in at a time before Internet Explorer had gotten on the SVG bandwagon, but they had this alternative uh, vector drawing library, and so it was a uh, single interface to be able to create graphics that worked in, well, at the time it was basically Firefox or IE, and then as Chrome and others invested in SVG. Really, the use case right now is if you have graphics that you need to show up as interactive graphics on Internet Explorer 8. That's when you use Raphael. Um, otherwise, the staff SVG is kind of inherited from it. But uh, it was a really fun day. Thanks for everybody hanging out at the end.